0: Hey everyone, just a quick announcement. The Monday after this episode drops, September 16th, I will be on KSSU.com doing a two-hour radio show celebrating the 10th anniversary launch of Far Beyond Metal. This show started as a radio show that morphed into the beast it has become, but I will never forget where I came from and where the show started. So again, this Monday, September 16th at 6 p.m. PST, go to KSSU.com, click listen live, and let me DJ your evening. Now onto the show. folks, and welcome to episode 57 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Rick from Torch discusses his first band, and I recommend the Sacramento Sludge trio Chrome Ghost. Before all that, I welcome a genuine legend. King Buzzo, aka Buzz Osborne, of the Melvins is on the show, and I could not be more excited. The Melvins are a wildly influential and diverse band from Washington that have been constantly releasing albums in a variety of genres and touring nonstop with a variety of members over the last 35-plus years. Buzz is also a member of Phantomas and Crystal Fairy, but the chat was very Melvin-centered. Really, Buzz went rogue on a lot of my questions, but it led to some interesting stories, so I'm not that mad about it. I should say that while we chatted, Red Cross was sound checking, so there may be some occasional background noises. Let's call it bed music. Also, Melvin's drummer Dale Crover briefly pops in, so you get a bonus Melvin. Now, before we dive in with King Buzz, I'll hear some of Honey Bucket from the Melvin's album Houdini. and bad uh, going through a bit of a change now with like i don't know it's getting cool shit but also like some other cool shits closing in the process it's kind of gentrifying and it's it's very weird because for a long time sacramento didn't really have cool stuff and now cool stuff is coming with a, a cost and it's it's a bummer
1: what's the cost uh i mean like some people who are like not as well off are getting forced out of the area and yeah but you know what you need to look into is the uh 75 year uh, real estate cycle. That's how that works. I'm not I'm not familiar with it. Every okay, 75 years there being cycles. Okay? Oh. So it looks up. Uh, Like what happens is the downtown, you know, in the 75 year cycle, the downtown districts of all the cities went to shit mm-hmm. everywhere. Well once that happens, then you know lower uh, middle class or lower class people who don't have as much money move into those areas and make them livable again. you know? And then as they make them livable again, they make them more like somewhere someone wants to be. And then they thrive, and the lower class people are forced out into other areas where they'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, and mean that
1: gets nicer, and people eventually get priced. You know, it just it's yeah. it's went on forever. It's never not been like that, all through history. The, how does it? How do you get off of that when it becomes
0: San Francisco? And like, if you make under 109000 dollars a year, I think if you're below that, you're poverty in San Francisco proper.
1: Well, we we'll move somewhere else. Yeah. Who cares? Cool. Makes sense. <laughs> you know. I mean that will the the cool things will go somewhere else, and then that part of that city will die. But eventually, we will come back. Similarly, like
0: you uh, were saying a little bit ago, you're playing Berkeley tomorrow night. And Berkeley's been picking up as far as their music goes as well. Like they, of course, had like their scene, but like I feel like I've seen a lot more bands skip San
1: Francisco to play Berkeley because it's I don't know, cooler, better, easier. I don't know. We've always played Berkeley. Uh, we played Berkeley you know, from the beginning when we moved to the Bay Area in the '80s. So uh, um, I don't know. There's a new club there that's kind of cool. We played there last fall or last uh, winter. Cornerstone. Yeah. Okay. And we're um, so like let's, let's play there again. It was cool. Yeah. But I like Great American and Slims. And I love Those Slim's. places have always been nice. So you played the Fillmore at some point, right? Oh, sorry. Have you played the Fillmore at some point? Uh, We right I mean, must to, have at some point. But right next to their Japanese. Yeah, defense. yeah. We might have at some point. I don't remember. So how has Sacramento treated you?
0: Like, uh, you had a day off yesterday, I'm assuming you went home, because... What now? I'm assuming you went home on your day off yesterday, because you played L.A. We
1: drove here from L.A. Right. So, uh, we, just, I just, we arrived in the early evening, and we just went, I just went to bed. We went to a hotel and went to bed. Well, that was so, it. So what's your day been here? Anything of note, anything fun? Um, it's a normal damn tour for me, which is I get up relatively early. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, not as early as I do when I'm home, but I was up by like seven or eight. Uh, work out, the hotel gym, and then um, do whatever I need to do uh, business-wise. Maybe have some breakfast. Um, do more of the same, and then go pick up stuff for lunch, come to the club, do sound check. What's your workout? Mm-hmm. What's your typical workout? Depends on what I'm doing that day. Uh, I'm doing a, about 25-minute a workout on a days like today, you know, five or 30 minutes. Do you have, like, a DVD you follow? Or do you just, no, like, uh, you swim, uh, run, lift? I do uh, 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 cardio, weightlifting, all that stuff. A you know, little ex- of everything. I'm exclusively
0: a runner, so I have no upper body strength. But these are solid. That's just my go-to
1: for some reason. Now running for me, I, uh, I do more like a... a uh, sprinting exercises, you know. Long distance running, I don't think it would be good for my knees. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get there. Like I've got ankle yeah, braces like and I'm yeah.
0: having more braces moving up. Uh, when you wind up playing this area, the Bay Area, do you get to ke- catch up with Jello and all? Uh, he comes to our shows, but uh, he's out of town this week. So last time I went to Berkeley, he popped up at a Primus show, and I I also see him do that with Faith no more. So kind of seems like his mo. He gets around. Uh, earlier this year, you guys dropped a collaboration with the Shit kid, yeah who then popped up on the flyer but are now no longer playing the tour. What happened yeah. to those guys?
1: Ah, uh, it was really stupid. Um, uh, without getting into too much driving detail, uh, they got really ridiculously demanding. And it wasn't about money or anything like that. It was a. Uh, uh, ridiculous issues uh, that I didn't have any interest in arguing with them about. Sure. You know? I had nothing, to, it was our idea to bring them over, you know. <laughs> then when it came down to uh, came down to it, I wasn't about to listen to their uh, pseudo-PC garbage, you know, especially from them. You know? Sure. Um, and I just said, I'm done, you know. can't make this work with you guys anymore. And so you guys brought in uh, Toshi? Yeah. Who
0: I know you've done some work with in the past. Yeah, so we worked
1: you, with him a lot. You're keeping mm-hmm. the big family band tour going together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the original plan, but... You know, I mean, we really like Shit Kid. Nobody cares about Shit Kid. That was our... Our uh, uh, fans of them wanted that to make that work, but... Um, With their very strange girls, which I kind of liked about that, liked about them, and they got into this weird thing with,
0: uh,
1: uh, don't go into too much graphic detail, um, they're drunken women who can barely keep their clothes on, who I didn't really want to hear a lecture about ethics from. That's the best way to put it. All right. It's like, why don't we just end this now? You know? So you guys have dabbled, like,
0: just in our sound check that I was listening to, I heard a lot of different sort of sounds and genres. Well, screwing around, yeah, yeah. Of course, like, uh the other guys seem to be channeling a lot of uh, KISS and their-
1: The last song was a KISS song. Right. We're ending the show with that,
0: so. Ooh, that's Cool, that's the cool.
1: But like, even just like the, the mic checks, it's very Paul Stanley. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, We fun. like all that stuff, you know? It's a great deal.
2: Somebody.
1: <laughs> We're not afraid of that stuff. So. Um,
0: what keeps you like? What first drew you to Kiss and kind of early, early hard
1: rock? I guess. I like the so- I like the songs on those on those first six records a great deal. That is it. I'm not sure what the timeline is, but is six records when people started leaving or the making came off? Like, what? Live is six. Before Dynasty. Okay. Uh, right around Live 2 is when I was losing interest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't like Dynasty. I didn't like, really like the records after that. All I know is that Dynasty's one of the right suits on the cover, correct? No, that's Just to Kill. I like that record. I like Hotter Than Hell great deal. You no, know, I liked Al- Alive. I think it's a really good record.
0: How do you feel about Alive? I think it's three with the symphony. Never heard it. No? I, I think it's it. the one time the disco song works. you
1: kidding?
0: I But you guys dabble all over the place. and uh, Yeah. Ha- have you Never ever, ending. Have you ever tried something that just like fell flat, either for you or like at the end of the day? It's like... Like, I can't imagine you like rapping, but... Um, I don't really yeah, like rap. Was,
1: Personally, okay. I mean, I like a little bit of it. Sure. but To me, it's a pretty played out medium. It's difficult to. I think it kind of peaked with uh, NWA. Student that confidence. So you did like 10 years Where what do you go from that? Yeah. And so, like, speed metal peaked with Grain with and Blood. What do you go? There's a few bands that do some things, but uh, by and large, um, that's a go to record for me. You have a lot of speed metal. Early 90s and
0: stuff is that, do you like any of the modern Like what? Uh, no, I'm asking. You, do you like any of the modern bands out
1: now? Oh, I like about as many new bands as I ever did. Which, you know, um, which is, uh, not many. Um, my record music collection has grown only because time has passed. Not because there was, ever, I don't think there was ever a golden era. Ever. Right. Just as many crap bands in any era. Oh, of course. You know, um, uh, if you look at the top 10 from like 1970, it's all stuff you never heard of. Who's like the best band I've never heard of? Moving Sidewalks? Oh, I don't know Moving Sidewalks. Huh? I don't know that one. That's a band that uh, Billy Gibbons was in before he was in ZZ Top. Oh, cool. Was I would bearded, highly recommend it. Was he bearded then, or no? No. Uh, it's 1960s. Oh, okay. And yeah, so it's like psychedelic ZZ Top, kind of. Oh, that sounds really cool. It's really good. Um, a lot of you can find like- online. Cool. Uh, well, I've got recording, so I will refer to it when I am looking to I mean, you can find it. Yeah. It's definitely out there. I mean, everything. You, like, yeah. this kind of gets
0: me to my next thing. Like, you guys put fucking everything out there. Like, do you have a vault of music, or you just, if you constantly put stuff out there, I've read that you, everything you, you try to put out everything you record. Um, yeah, pretty much. Do you think There's it's, stuff that's not done. Right. Like some bands have to create a mystique or like have some sort of scarcity behind them without naming Tool Tool. Uh, you guys play the opposite. Why do you think that's important for elvins
1: to do that? Um... Uh, uh, if we have it done, why not put it out? Some people, it's really funny, we did, that. A little over a year ago, we did two albums in nine months, a double album and then another album. And people were like, You guys should work harder on the record. That's too fast. And i Okay. So, in other words, if we just sat on the second one yeah, for man, a year and just did, just did nothing and then put it out, you'd feel better about it?
0: Because I mean, you you'd think the, that
1: we'd worked on it then? That's you hear
0: fucking about band, crazy. Like, um, Label shelving albums that bands have done for a long time and putting them out later. I guess, I mean, Epicap won't do that, but. Doesn't
1: seem like your style, anyway. Um, we've had stuff that was just not finished, mm-hmm. um, we still have stuff that's not finished now. You know, um, we'll finish it eventually, but um, we're kind of always working on something. I mean, music is, for me, is um, it's what we do. I mean, it's what I do. It's a, it's it's like, you know, I don't have another job, so why wouldn't you do it? and that's like have it let's put it out and then we have we're definitely not afraid of that sort of thing you know Um, you know like like uh, Mm -hmm. putting out whatever we want to and and um, and it's it's really important but in the end of the day it's art right and art is extra for your life you know as an artisan, it's my job to make art. It's my job to do that. You know, right? And so I'm providing people in the world who are interested in something that's extra from their, from their normal day, you know? And I make my living doing that, and so part of the deal is I should do it. That's part of the deal, to me. It's like, I feel like a carpenter sitting around for two years between buildings, that doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? Well, you know, so, you know, I, I still feel like it's, um, on one hand, it's very important, and no art form has ever moved me as much as music has, but in the end, it's just music. It's not overly important, like, you know, it's not like curing cancer or something, you know, it's extra in your life. Um, um, I don't think it's that precious. Right? Oh my God, we have to worry over every detail. I've done that kind of thing. And I've worried over songs and um, put out a massive amount of extra effort into it. And people don't care about it any more than they do about ones that we didn't spend as much time on and realize we're good right away,
2: you know? It's
1: like, oh, this is really good, great, you know? We don't have to sit here and vlog it for the next six months, it's already good. Why would you do that? Maybe we can make it better. Well, it's already good. What are you going to change? What are you going to do? You can only polish it so much. Huh? You can only polish it so much. Uh, To me, it's like you can flog the life right out of it. You can beat it to death. I'm not interested in that. Um, We kind of realized that a long time ago. It was like, um, these guys are good players. But... uh, If we have a song and it's, uh, we got it down, those guys, that initial spark of how great it was, has something to it that you're not going to get after six months of rehearsing. They're playing it and it's fresh and new, and that's important too. And I feel like I know the answer
0: to this next uh, idea or question, but I read that uh, Quentin Tarantino put a finite number of films he wants to put out, and he just hit that number. So apparently he's done. I don't believe it. Do you have any sort of end game for the Melvins or any of the projects you've done?
1: No. No? Not really. I mean, uh. I heard a skateboard pro say that you should quit when you don't want to do it anymore or nobody cares. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys sold out tonight, so. Uh, seems like people still care. But also, yeah. you still care.
1: I do, yeah. I like, um, I like places like this. Um, um we've always this these places aren't unfamiliar with us. You know, it's like kinda of what we've always done. So um it's one of those, like touring is like one of those things where it's like there's people in all these cities. All we have to do is go there. Don't we'll pay to see it. Yeah. We just have to go there. Bring a deal, you know, so, um, I don't take that for granted at all, and, um, um I think it's important to understand how rel-, how, uh, um, well, it's important to understand uh, how significant that is, and not take it for granted definitely you know, like, you know it took a long time to get to that point and um i'm not going to forget it i'm also going to do my job i will do my end of it i will take i will do my job on this i will come and do the best i can you know, until i don't want to do it or i can't physically do it or nobody cares about me doing it so so you know i've always operated like it wasn't going to work you know, I've never ever thought, you know, every tour is, of course I'll be touring for the next 10 years. I don't think that way. It doesn't, it's very much what are you doing, what have you done lately, what do you got going on. Um, we're not a, you know, like a, a catalog band, you know. It's like our new material is just as important to us as our old material. Live we'll play, you know, half of the stuff is... A third of it's older material, a third of it's relatively new, and a third of it's relatively newer.
0: I mean, you to have a lot of shit, how do that's you decide what, I mean. what you're playing?
1: You can't play everything. Right. I don't like long shows, when I go to a show, I want to see, personally, I, I would rather see a band play a good 35-minute set, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Um, I am fine with that, um, but I think about 60 to 70 minutes is about, Yeah, that's a good amount. Um, I don't understand how bands um, or fans want to see three hours or two hours. It's crazy to me. I've done it, it can't get old. I don't want to do it. I don't, um, I don't want to see it, and I don't want to do it. I think it's dumb. Kind of. But whatever. I think it's worth one
0: time that I've seen it. It was Roger Waters, just because he basically just did a whole immersive theatrical thing and. He can get away with it because it's all Pink Floyd and just like fireworks and nonsense. But the middle section kind of tracked. There wasn't intermission, which I was grateful for.
1: But at the end of the day, it was like three and a half hours. You can't do it. Yeah. I had an offer to go to that show, and I said no. As, as time has went on, I have very little patience for that sort of thing. I don't really care about the show, I'm really only interested in the music
0: and also you mentioned that you get up super early yeah. i can't imagine a three-hour show ending at midnight you going home and being stoked to wake up in four hours
1: well when i'm on tour i right. have a different schedule you know i'll get up a little later i go to bed later right. but uh, when i'm home i generally get up very early yeah i'll uh, uh work out five days a week and play golf as well so um i play hyper competitive golf on a tournament level you know yeah and um, uh, by the rules, you know, like, not, like, like real, 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 real. And um, uh, very serious about it um, on an amateur level. But uh, that's one of those things where uh, I kind of immerse myself in this thing, it's all squares. You know? And they don't know a thing about me, they don't have any idea what I do, I'm just a fucking weirdo to them. And, and it's not a team sport, and it's something that I can do without having anybody else there. And, um, you know, you have to jump off the cliff to get into that, to do it, and be able to compete uh, you know, against, you know, I'll play tournaments with a hundred other guys, you know, and place in the top five or six, generally, you know, on, in my flight. Which is, um, you know, as well as everything else I'm doing, I think it's a really good thing. I'm not part of a country club type thing. I hate that kind of thing. I'm not a social, it's not about social anything. It's about fucking really competitive sporting thing thing that you're doing on your own. And um, when I'm doing it, I'm absolutely focused on it. 100%. And um, it gets musicians and people who are great indoors. You know, it gets you out. And it's really difficult. I don't find any aspect of it easy. And I think for a guy like me, it's a perfect thing to do. Get you out, you know, out and out there. And I don't want to talk to anybody. Country club people, I hate country clubs. I hate the people that go to country clubs. I just play strictly on a municipal level. Um, and uh, I, I can play anywhere. obviously I would, but um, um, I haven't had a good experience at those kinds of things. I don't feel comfortable in, in that situation. What I feel comfortable is is um, going out there and playing by the rules and seeing how good I can do. and and um, I'm very happy to do that. it's It's a really exciting thing for me. Same with photography. Love photography. Um I have a lot of interest. In, I to keep myself going. I've always been I always love photography. It's just been recently that I started putting stuff on Instagram first time ever. In April, I think it's a little surprising for people, you know, the level that the photography's on, you know. But live with a graphic designer, married for you know better part of 26 years, and so that helps. Like what what makes a good picture, you know, married to a fantastically talented um, um, graphic designer who just actually just did the new um, put together the whole new two album, so the last couple too, last at least the last one, um, so it's great to have somebody like that help you with what you're doing and like, this is why this is good, this is what the composition of the picture. But um, I don't find that to be easy either. You know, I find it extremely difficult.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> what is, I have yet to find your uh, your account, so I'm gonna check it out later, but what's your what's your usual subject? Like what
1: are you? Street photography. Street photography. Sure. So
0: just like, you'd be like right out here, getting kind of like real life
1: sort of I did stuff. already today. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Wow. I'll show you one. All right, please. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I just do it all the time, you know? I do all digital uh, because I can't... I always loved photography, but it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do buying film and developing it. And man, oh man, has a digital, the advent of digital stuff has made it um, really exciting, you know? Here's one. Oh, cool. That's just the back uh, of the club. Yeah, so It's like right out here.
0: <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm parked just down by the building. Very
1: cool. Yeah. Black and white mostly. Cool. Love it. Let me see. I have one more. Let me see if I have another one here. Um, you know, you get one good picture out of a thousand. Of course. Hundred. That one I like.
0: Yeah, the art around this area. That's is, Camille Rose Garcia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I liked it with the dumpster in front of it. Yeah. There you go.
0: So I want to come back to uh, golf a little bit, because yes. it's a world I'm completely ignorant to, so this question might be very stupid, and you can tell me if it's stupid. Have you ever, in the circles that you've played with, played against or with Alice Cooper? Who I no, know is also no. very into golf. Never.
1: never. No? I don't, I'm not good at that kind of you know, rock and roll, you know. It'd kinda, be like a rock and roll celebrity uh, kind no, of tournament. I, would, thing. I wouldn't do I I I not I don't feel comfortable at those places. It's not my world, you know? I'm gonna go play around with Alice, but I can't see it ever happening. I'm not gonna pursue it. Mm-hmm. You know? but I certainly would. You know? Oh no worries, man. Come on in. Yeah, fine. You know, but uh, it's it's a thing that I'm 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 absolutely obsessed with, and um, love it. So uh, um, but it's tough. It's, it's, I don't find it easy at all. <laughs> no, no and you I like the challenge of them, I mean, I do. Well. Yeah. Way beyond what I thought I would, when I first started doing it. Yeah. But that's all without lessons or anything like that. So just one day you picked
0: up a club, went out there, f- found a place you could just walk on and what went for
1: 10 years ago or so, um, these guys I knew were all playing at this little par three course, and they go, come on and play golf with us. I was like, all right, sounds like fun. You know? And they've all since quit, uh-huh. it was too hard. Yeah. I moved really quickly with it you know, and got obsessed with it. Started, you know, playing with crappy clubs for a long time and and better stuff now. But, you know, I was like, you know, didn't know if I really wanted to do it. So, you know, played with junk equipment for about a year and then bought a little less junky equipment for about another year, you know, and then bought a little less junky equipment. And then finally bought a new brand new set of irons. My wife convinced me. She's like, you never spend money on anything. You know, why don't you you play all the time, do yourself... Buy something that's not tax deductible. As a, a joke, see <laughs> if cool. so you can buy something that's not tax deductible. Because that's how I, I, still, I don't really spend a lot of money. That's some, but you know, I don't have expensive hobbies as far as that's concerned, or fancy cars or anything. leased a car, play you know car, twenty dollar golf. <laughs> the, 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 the tournaments are a little more, but you you can win money in those, so that's good.
0: some Stop Moving to Florida from the Melvin's album Pincus Abortion Technician. I'll have more of the buzz in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to heart somewhere, and this episode, Rick Smith of Torch discusses his heavy origins.
2: Man, my first band ever was called Assail, like an assailant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, and it was uh, fast hardcore. It was like fast, kind of like, I guess for lack of better reference, kind of like fast my... Minor thread hardcore. We sucked really bad. <laughs> so you couldn't listen we to it now without really listening good. to it, or you couldn't listen oh, to it now. Without cringing? Oh, we we never even got around to recording a demo. We did play some shows. It was like our first band. We were I had to have been like I think been like fourteen or something at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, the dudes that were in the band with me are a little older though. They were a couple years older. Than me. They were sixteen, seventeen. And um, I was definitely the young one on the band. And um, I didn't even own my own drum kit. I played on the drum kit they owned. And we played a show at uh, we played a show at Churchill's in Miami, and I was like, uh, I was with some of the guys from Morning Again, the other band. So it was like a hardcore show, and it was a big thing to us. We were kids to play. We were terrible. We had such a bad show. Uh, pretty much broke up after that and got back together right after. You know, play. I think we played another show, and that was it. But that was the, that was the beginning of it all for me. After that, I. I felt like I joined a handful of bands, trying to see which one would work, and, and was doing that throughout high school with my friends. And, um, and then, then Torch happened. I mean, I was 19 when I joined Torch. I was, like, fresh out of high school.
0: Damn. Yeah, I always hear about those first shows that just don't go well. Asking that question is so fun. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. They're always so bad. Like, oh. But, I mean, technically, my first show was even before that with a cover band. But I wouldn't say it's my first band with originals so was a sale really shitty hardcore band and oh, then um,
0: and what were you covering I have to know
2: <laughs> oh well well, well my, yeah, my cover band we were like just covering like a lot of like shitty like punk songs and hardcore songs just really easy stuff that we could play and stuff also like grungy stuff like Nirvana and shit like that too like kind of whatever we could we could play we weren't really we weren't really talented enough to play at the time but I remember my, that that was my first show when I was playing a backyard party with a cover band I was like 13 or 14 or something and I was I I kind of didn't realize that like uh, playing a full show with a band in front of people was going to be such a different experience. My arms were cramping up, and I, I couldn't control how much energy I was putting into it, and I was dying. And I I couldn't last. I couldn't last for a whole set. And I realized like, damn, this is really physical. I think I sort of realized that the more I was playing with bands live, it's like I really need to like condition myself physically because so if I'm really going to be, it's going to be like a, a smashing, you know, killer drummer. Just kind of really got to like. Could have come a long way from where I'm at, so um, it was it was good. You know, it was a good learning experience, but those shows were definitely like they're they're funny bad memories of mine. You know.
0: are currently on tour promoting their latest album admission for dates and deeds, head to torchmusic.com now before i wrap my conversation with buzz osborne here are some of his work with phantom from the director's cut this is the omen ave satani to where we are now. We're in a venue called Holy Diver in Sacramento, um, which is named, of course, after a Dio song. However, oh, yep. I'm 99% sure Dio's never set foot in this building. He want me more. No, I mean, then there's that. Much like Ace of Spades down a few blocks where I'm pretty sure Motorhead never played and never will. Not um, anymore. No, but uh, you guys have covered... They're around, all dead now. Right. Isn't that crazy? There's a well, picture... Maybe not
1: considering their lifestyle? So. I saw this
0: picture recently where it had the cover of Ace of Spades, but it, it erased everyone that was dead on it, so it was just a hill.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like,
0: oh my god, I didn't re- never thought of that, but... Well,
1: the drummer died right around the same time as Lemmy. Yeah, it wasn't too too much uh, and time. I used to see him rattling around Hollywood, and I can't believe he made it as far as he did, actually. He looked pretty pretty worked, you know? Right.
0: Drugs. I mean, I read Lemmy's book, I'm surprised he made it to his like 70s, whatever it was.
1: I think he was 69, but, you know, he was pretty frail for a long time. It's not surprising. One of the last full shows he played was uh, at the Warfield, and then they started canceling more and
0: more, and then it's just is like just about done. I can't, you know,
1: I can't believe he was doing shows at
0: all. I mean, so they were abbreviated. He took a, there was a long drum solo where I saw him hitting oxygen masks, and that was two years before. So, yeah,
1: it's just ridiculous. What are you doing?
0: Right, can you see yourself at that age, that le- that stage in your body, your life? Cause yeah,
1: you, I plan on living a lot, lot I plan on you know walking a golf course at that age mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> that's my plan. It's not that far off I'm 55 now you know, so I can't see myself being you know, completely incapacitated before I'm 66 years old I mean just kidding it's just barely even The beginning of retirement't yeah? know it's, it's nuts nutty. That's how it works. Right. We were on a, the OzFest tour mm-hmm. that they were on in 98. And he comes into catering, he's got a bottle of Jack Daniel's in a bag. Checks out. He pours it into he's he a half half a cup of coffee, pours coffee and pours Jack Daniel's into the coffee. Ends up like maybe 11, 12 in the morning, you know. Um a noon, you know, and he then takes out a little packet of Speed, pours that into the drink, and then stirs it up, and he's just sitting there drinking. I'm sitting across the table, he's just not even trying to hide it, and then this buddy of mine comes up and sits down, with and he's got a hamburger from the catering, mm-hmm. you know, and then he starts giving him a lecture about what's in the hamburger.
0: Of all fucking people. Like, Are, you <laughs> Are you kidding
1: me? I just watched two... Pour speed into your Jack Daniels coffee, and you're gonna give somebody a lecture about a health lecture. Really? You know, it's like fuck, fuck you. You know, I was like, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. You're like, all right, whatever. Yeah.
0: I mean, I read his late days. Doctor told him to stop drinking whiskey, so he switched to vodka, and that was his solution. And it didn't work out so hot. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, look, he did what he did. Whatever. Smoking, drinking, whatever. It doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's your deal. Right. I'm not going to stand in your way. I just, I'm just okay. saying you shouldn't be giving doctor advice. No, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. You're actually lecturing him about what he's eating. You know? Like, if I have to pick between Jack Daniels, speed-induced Jack Daniels, I'll take the hamburger. It's quite the cocktail. <laughs> it's like amazing. <laughs> Coffee, Jack Daniels, speed. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not like you ever tried to hide it. But whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Good. He did what he did. I like, you know... Um, I really like that live at No Sleep Till Hamaship record. I think it's a really great record and I really like the Ace of Spades record. But beyond that I don't I've never really had much interest in them, you know.
0: I love Motorhead, but they don't have a full. There's good two album. records.
1: Uh, the ones I like. Yeah. The live record's really good.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's all killing no filler.
1: That's the best Yeah. The best best thing. I really like it when that big riff, come, the guitar riff comes in at the beginning of Ace of Spades and it starts and then, and then the guitar comes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, okay, got right. it, you know. Um, but yeah, he, he, so, you know, there he did, those guys did that amazing, you know, Ace of Spades, I think is a good record. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what can you say? This is Dale. I mean, <laughs> This is kind of, hello. It's kind of awkward, my next question is about you. Oh, Okay. Perfect. Well, then, that does that mean I can no. answer it, or can you? No, know, you can
0: jump in. <laughs> I, I'm curious why you guys think you've been working together so well for
1: 35 years ish. We don't argue about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, not really, no, not really. Yeah. Huh?
1: It's salacious. <laughs> that's,
2: that's how we want things to be: easygoing and not a lot of not any drama. And uh, we still like doing this a lot.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah, it seems. So we have a good time and we can make a living doing it. So why fuck it up? We play extremely weird music. Um, change it all the time. Uh, live shows are worked out top to bottom. You know, and we both agree that that seems like the right way to do it. And we operate like we would operate like fans, or we would operate like fans of music. Like we're fans of music, so we operate the way we would think fans would like it. You know, not what they want us to do but we what we would appreciate bands doing as mm-hmm. fans i hear that yeah, it doesn't mean they have to play oh that's all the songs now and all the right songs or anything now it's it's like the package that we're doing i would appreciate if i was a fan of the band you know
2: there's some artists that have lots of drama in their whole thing with everything they do you mm-hmm. know people that are, around, that are around them and just make everybody miserable luckily nothing like that really happens in our band
1: it's drama, but it's rarely between... Uh, it, has, it has anything to do with what we're doing. Me and him. you usually rotating know. third, right? I guess I mean more like
0: ego drama. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, we had a... bass player, Kevin Romanis in the band, and... Um, when he went off the rails, uh, you know, extracurricular activities, um, uh, we were pretty discouraged guys at the end of that. And so we kind of just said, whatever me and him are doing from now on, is the balance because we can't get that emotionally attached to it again. It's too hard. Yeah. You know, you put so much into it and then you watch it collapse and you lose the friendship and you lose the working thing and you watch somebody trying to kill themselves and you're just you're done with it. And so now it's just like I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm you know, just not going to let that happen. I'm just not going to get It's if like you do what you want to do, but we're doing, you know. We're going to do whatever we want. <laughs> That's it. Cool. I'm <laughs> not afraid. And we, you know, play with people and we're, once again, with Kevin, we're, we're back to a really good relationship with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Which is all I ever wanted. All I ever wanted was for him to be good. Mm-hmm. To be healthy. That's it. The rest of the music thing is, you know, what good is that if, if somebody's not on the planet, you know? So what? So, I'm really happy that we have, it's come full circle, you know, back and he's, uh, um, doing good, thank God. Cool. Yeah. But now you know we play with Trevor Down and Pincus and Steve McDonald. They're all really good players. I mean, it could be better. Oh my God, what a what a what a uh, good position to be in, as far as like how great we get to play with these. How great these guys are, and we get to play with them. It's great. It changes all the time.
0: I mean, as a bass nerd, the bass is loaded, and that album is really cool to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, I love it. That's super dope.
1: Yeah. And that was great. And then we did uh, um, Pegas Abortion Technician, just two bass players, the whole thing. And we did big tours with those guys, All you know, Europe, U.S. And now we're back to three, which is fine, you know? I mean, it's, uh, Steven's, Steven, I would say Steven is arguably the best Best bass player we've ever played with, as far as like his ability as a bass player, what he's capable of doing. I think, I think. Um, now whether people agree with that or not, I have no idea. But I know I think that, and I think just knowing what I know, how what he what he can add to it and his immediate ability to lock in. Really, I haven't really ever seen that happen. Not with us. Close, but not not quite like that. You know. Just kind of nice. I I, I uh, um I really appreciate your interest in what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and um I th- thanks. Hope you enjoy the show.
2: Yeah. Sticking around.
0: Like i've said the melvins are constantly touring and releasing albums so for dates head to the Melvins.net and keep up with what the band's up to over at facebook.com melvins army also follow king buzzo's instagram at real king now to wrap this episode i am recommending chrome ghost chrome ghosts are a sludgy experimental metal band from sacramento california last year they released an ep called shallows from that ep here is the mirror in its entirety Chrome Ghosts are wrapping a new album right now. To follow the band, you may do so at facebook.com slash chromeghostsludge and get shallows and everything else from the band at chromesludge.bandcamp.com. Now, if you want to follow the show, you may do so by going to facebook.com slash metal. Everything else you can find over at Podcast.com. There you can email me, find the Twitter, all that good stuff. The theme song, of course, is Far Beyond Metal" by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening.
2: Catbox production.